everybody smoking lady J here back with another smoke break with lady J what the fuck is my problem <laughs> that's how I'm opening up tonight tonight it's the morning it's like 10 30 happy spring everybody spring equinox rebirth regrowth Oh, self-sabotage is in the air. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's what I do. Recently, I found myself kind of feeling on top of the world. Job was going well. You know, promotion, lots of hours, lots of fucking money. Things were going great. It was keeping me out of trouble in a lot of ways. It was keeping me from going out because I was so exhausted from work that I was avoiding all the bullshit drama down at the fucking white trash watering hole where I've spent many a night in the past five years. The past five years have been a constant cycle of self-sabotaging moments. As soon as I start doing well and getting into a good spot, something clicks inside of my mind that's like, you need to hit the self-destruct button right now. And I do that through my relationship choices, through my drinking, through my running away. I run away from the things that are actually trying to push me forward, but I stay stuck in the situations that are keeping me held back. And if you know a little bit about my story, you would understand what I'm saying. Five years ago, to this day, <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mom living in a little podunk ass white fucking town out in the middle of Connecticut with my daughter's father, my daughter, and his son part-time. We were engaged, and we had been living in this house for about three years since his father had passed away, and he was a heroin addict. I had known that he was an opiate addict since 2007 when we met. But at that time, it was just at the beginning of the opiate crisis, and it wasn't really understood by many people what it meant to be addicted to painkillers. Like, at least for myself, I was very naive. I, I own that. I was very naive when I 
agreed to stay with this man knowing that he had an addiction to pain pillar pain pills that was a cross between pills and killers <laughs> pillars <sighs> oh. fast forward he got sober for years we had a daughter we moved you know it was on paper it was it was a good it was a good lifestyle i had worked my entire life my oldest daughter was in her early teens towards the tail end of the relationship and I worked for her whole life. Like she was in daycare from, you know, pretty much right away. And then I worked nights and had babysitters and she spent a lot of time with my mom while I worked. Like I was trying to get shit done. So to be able to be a stay at home mom the second time around for the first four years of my daughter's life, it was a, it was a totally different experience for me during which time I went through a huge transition. I was able to shift my perspective and open my eyes to a totally different way of thinking about life and the way things unfold versus just always stressing out about how I'm going to get food on the table. I was given the time to sit with nature. I was given the time to be home in the middle of the woods with a dead end street, you know, with people that have lived on that same street for 40 years in a very small town, which on one hand was great because it was, it was in the country. It was very peaceful. But on the other hand, it was not diverse. There was no culture. There was, you know, it was, I don't know, it was very close-minded. And in these small towns in Connecticut and, and everywhere in the world, it's not just a Connecticut thing, heroin became the, the drug. You know, it's become the fucking downfall of so much in society. And it took me catching my daughter's father after three years of sobriety, supposedly, it took me catching him snorting heroin out of the trunk of my car while we were at the lake with our kids on a June day. And that was after being with him already for five years. Now we had a child together. Now we were living together in his childhood home. I was a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't working. My whole life had changed. I was helping him get his special needs child the attention he needed at school because both of his parents are drug addicts and no one was giving a fuck about this young boy who's autistic. You know, and I don't share this to have some fucking sob story. I'm just trying to give you perspective. And I stayed with him after realizing he was a heroin addict. And this was 2012 to 2000, so like 2013. And he went to rehab right away. It took some, I won't say right away. It took some coaxing. It fucking took some fucking negotiations. And at that time, it was his second stay in rehab in the, in the six years, five years that we had known each other. And I stuck it out. Only this time when he was away, I focused on my kids. I focused on making sure the house was in order, making sure that everyone was good. I didn't, I didn't really give him the time of day. Like I, I still brought him clean socks and clean underwear and fucking candy and cigarettes. And I went for the family visits and I went to AA with him when he got out and NA and I was as supportive as I could be, but I knew, I knew that it was over. I in that moment, I fucking knew because I had had those three years of buildup 
to where I was understanding your environment dictates your lifestyle. I realized that just because it was good on paper and just because it seemed like it was the ideal life that I could just deal with it. I could deal with the lies and the deceit and the dishonesty and the drug use and without even getting into the factors of it being a safety concern. I was affected on a trust level. Like this was the man I was supposed to marry. This is the father of my children. He's a fucking heroin addict, snorting heroin out of my trunk at the lake with my children there. That fucked me up. That fucked me up big time. And he did the 30 day rehab and he came out and he was going to meetings seven nights a week. He was very open and talking about his experience. He was a changed man. He was handsome. He had this light in his eyes. I felt like I was getting my, my Joe back. I felt like he was coming back. And as the weeks went by, you know, the meeting started falling off. He stopped going as often, you know, he was tired from work or, you know, there was always an excuse to not go anymore. Then it came time to get a sponsor. He didn't want a sponsor. He can do this on his own, he said. I can do it on my own. I'm a grown ass man. His words, I'm a grown ass man. So the more that I started to notice him falling off and him not doing his part and me being educated at the time to know that somebody fresh out of rehab needs to work the program. You do need these things if you want to, you know, you, you have to do something active to combat this disease every fucking day. And, you know, maybe that's easy for me to say because I'm not the addict. So I don't, my brain processes things differently, but I knew for me, I had to start setting boundaries because there was zero trust. I didn't trust this dude to go to the bathroom anywhere. I would search his pockets. I would search his phone. I would search his truck when he wasn't fucking looking. I was searching every fucking day, just waiting, just waiting to see it. Because up until I caught him that day, I did have suspicions for over a fucking year, over a year. And I didn't tell people because frankly, it was nobody's fucking business. And I was trying to reestablish myself in this new role, stay at home mom, everything's perfect guys, don't worry about what's going on behind closed doors. We were a few, you know, white picket fences short of a perfect home on the outside. It wasn't until, I think it was the end of August, so he went to rehab June to July it was the end of August. It was my birthday weekend. And he had asked if he could go deep sea fishing with his best friend. And his best friend is, he's an awesome dude. Like he's not a drug addict. I know for sure. He's, he's a married man. He's got kids at home. I've met his family. He's not the one. I know that. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead. You've been doing so good and everything. And it was my birthday weekend. And when he left, he had given me a birthday card that he had left on the kitchen table. And he got upset that I didn't open it right away. I didn't want to fucking open it right away. I was in the middle of doing something with the kids and I didn't want to look at it. I would look at it when you left. So he ended up call, like ripping up my birthday card and throwing it in the garbage and then calling me from the road and basically fucking going off on me. And that was when I knew it was only less than two months after out of rehab 
when all the behavior started again and he started just fucking treating me awful and we fucking fought like cats and dogs. So I knew I had to make a game plan. I had to start making moves. I had to really fucking think about what I wanted for, for my life. So I listened to more podcasts and I reached out more on Twitter and I talked to my closest friends and I started coming up with options and him and I just fought. We fucking fought so bad for months. Come January, I took my kids for their physicals. My daughter, my oldest daughter, was 13 and when the doctor examined her she discovered that she had a lot of cuts on her arms and it was at that point that I realized that this was no longer a healthy situation for my kids because while I thought it was only affecting me it was affecting my daughter's mental health she was she was cutting she was fucking torturing herself so her and I started therapy he didn't want to be a part of it, so I shut him out, and I started making a plan with my sister to move out. Um, once I got everything situated, I had to get, you know, my kid registered for school. I had to make, I had to pick a day and time when I was going to do it. And it took me a few weeks. It, it legit took me a few weeks to get it together, because this was probably mid-January that I had made the decision that that's it, no more. This is not healthy for anybody. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I was motivated and I was inspired and I was fucking ready to fucking take on the world like mama bear mode. Right? Because we're okay. Like as the parents, we'll take the brunt of anything. But once you see it's affecting your kids, hopefully you have the wherewithal to fucking pull your head out of your ass and make a situation right. Right? I'll quote Dr. Phil again, time and time again. I will fucking always say it. Children would rather come from a broken home than live in one. And I knew it was time for me to fucking make some moves. So fast forward to March 19th, 2014. I had as much packed as I could possibly pack. He was definitely using again. He was so high all the time. He was nodding off. And I just stopped questioning him. I just fucking ignored it and just let him live. I let him live his fucking life and just, I slept on the couch. I stayed away. I, I just didn't even want to speak to him. So I had little by little been packing bins and boxes and stashing them in the basement without him knowing. I picked the date. It was going to be March 21st. 2014. It was a Friday afternoon, I believe. I had made plans for my kids to be gone. I went and got a six pack of beer at the store and I waited for him to get home from work. And I asked him if we could talk out on the back, um, the back steps, like the way the, the basement let out, there was concrete stairs and I would always sit there cause we had this huge backyard and it was like it was just heavenly. Like it was backed up to the woods. It was, it was huge. We had the kids play set there. I had a huge garden that I had just built that summer. You know, I was trying to go all organic for our family. Like I had made this house, my home as much as I could, but I knew it was time to go. So we, I made sure the setting was calm because I didn't want it to be a fight by this point. I didn't want to fucking fight anymore. I just knew it was time to go. And I was going to let them know that this is, this is what it is. And I had to stand strong in it. So as soon as I opened the beer, he looked at me 
And he knew. He knew right away. He's like, you're leaving me, aren't you? And I told him, yeah, I am. And we literally sat there and had an adult conversation. And I started moving that weekend. You know, and that was five years ago. And a lot has occurred since then. But every year on this time, you know, on the first day of spring, I'm reminded of that day. And I'm reminded how I set off on a journey on, you know, on an adventure, as I explained it to my kids, to make their lives better and to do better by them. And since that day, I fucking worked my ass off. But I always tend to fucking self-sabotage. And I don't fucking know why. What is my fucking problem? I quit my job this week. Walked right out of that bitch. Walked out, text my manager who wasn't there. Fuck you, I quit. I'm done. The night before I'd gotten a bit crazy. I don't want to get into specifics and I don't have to. Just know that bad choices were made by all. And I was the one that got called out on it. So me, you know, I had been hating on this job for a little bit. I was feeling it was becoming super toxic. I've been sick for a few weeks and I've really had some time to like get in my head and think about what I actually want. And I, I still don't know. But I knew in the moment I had to run. That's the fourth time I've done that from a job in the last year. So... I'm immature. <laughs> I'm a fucking horrible person. I've gotten emails already from the general manager apologizing for not being an accessible employer and that he feels that he did something wrong by not understanding that there was problems within the restaurant. Um, he offered me a job. He said, if you ever need it in the future, you are more than welcome to come back here anytime. Short of that, I will always be a personal or professional reference for you, and you are an all-around awesome person, and I'm sorry that you're hurting, basically, is what he said to me. So I could go back. I could easily go back. But then the situation that happened created a lot of shame and embarrassment in myself to where I kind of don't want to show my face around there again. I kind of want to bury my face in the sand because I fucked up. I fucked up. And by walking out, I fucked up more. And that happened two days ago. I still kind of can't believe I fucking did it. It feels good in a way. Especially now that I know I have a reference moving forward. But it sucks to have to start over. You know, it took me so long to find this job. And, you know, like I said, the money was great. I was getting great hours, overtime. I was making fucking bank. But something inside every day was eating away at me. Each shift was becoming harder and harder to go to. And... Mentally, I get into these places where it's like my anxiety takes over and I hate to use that as a crutch, but it's, it's what happens. And I feel like a fucking caged animal. And if I don't fucking get out, I'm going to, I'm going to snap. And it fucking took over. I don't know if it's the anniversary. I don't, I hate dwelling on dates and dwelling on the past because I'm not trying to dwell. I reflect, you know, and it's, it's fucking me up a little bit. Truth of the matter is, in 2014, when I made that change, you know, when I found that first job again after being a stay-at-home mom for four years, it took less than six months before I became involved with somebody I shouldn't have become involved with. And that's led up to where I am today. 
almost five years later because I didn't start that job until a few months after I had moved in May. So it's been almost five years and I've been self-sabotaging myself since that day, since the day I made that decision to get involved with that married man and everything else that has happened since then. So with it ending in the past few weeks and me finally setting boundaries for myself that I should have set years ago, I just feel like it's been really easy to tell people to fuck off lately. Like almost like in a loose cannon kind of way. Like if you cross me even one more time, I'm fucking done. I'm cutting you off and I'm not looking back. I've done it to three, one, two, no, four different people in the past week and a half. Literally have said, you are not my friend. Quit pretending to be my friend and fuck off. Done. Because I'm done. Unfortunately, it was a bad look. It was a bad look on my end. Got a little bit of money in the bank, so I'm not too, too concerned. And as I said, I do have a job reference, so that's good. What I'm doing is I'm giving myself a few days to decompress. I'm spending time with my kids. I'm trying to keep my head above water and not break down totally emotionally and mentally because I can't do that. I have to get my shit together and figure out what I want because now is the time. Now is the time to fucking figure it out. And I'm so sick of saying it. But it's time. I feel like I've been cutting out the right people. I've been cutting out the toxicity aside from within the family. You know, I'm not there yet. But that hasn't been an issue recently. They've actually been pretty cool. It's just the social life. It's the people. It's the fake motherfuckers. And I just can't give them my energy anymore. You know, I just can't do it. And I'm speaking my truth. People don't want to hear that this affair happened. Well, that's too bad. I'm done hiding behind it. I'm not fucking proud of it. But it's part of why I'm a little bit fucked up. I mean, you have to be a little bit fucked up to even get involved in that situation, right? So why would I self-sabotage now? Why when everything is going so great and I have this promotion and I just bought Disney trip for my kids and my oldest is going to college and my car is almost paid off. All these wonderful things. I was having savings in the bank. I was moving towards finding my own place within the next few months. Why the fuck would I do this? Why? And that's something I've got to deal with and I've got to sort my shit out, but I can't dwell in it, right? Should, do I sit here with my fucking thumb up my ass and be like, oh, it's their fault and it's his fault and it's her fault and it's like, you know, it's just everybody else's fault. No, it's my own fucking fault. No one forces me not to go to Zumba class. No one forces me not to write down in my journal every night or to meditate or to do Reiki healing or to go for a fucking walk around the block. You know why I don't go for a walk around the block? Fucking bears, dude. Bears are, like, scary. And what if I saw one? That's a total off-the-rail comment, but just saying. I want to go for a walk, but I'm fucking scared. But why am I so afraid of success in my own life? Why am I sabotaging my success? What's the fear? Right? Why do I... Snap, why am I fucking crazy? I think I'm maybe just crazy. <laughs> I don't fucking know. 
<laughs> I guess they make medication for that, right? Should probably look into it. But it's spring. And going back to my original thought <laughs> about rebirth and regrowth, the night before I had the conversation with my daughter's father about leaving him was when Duncan Trussell had released a podcast with Amber Lyon and his intro to it. If you go back and look it up, March 20th, 2014, Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Listen to it. Even if you just listen to the intro, which I, I highly recommend listening to the whole episode. It's really mind-opening. But that was the message I heard from the podcast world that I had just gotten into within the past few years that gave me my sign that I had made the right choice and that what I was doing was right. And I just, it's time for me to reconnect and figure out what my next steps are because I don't want to go back. The door is open to, to my last job and I just can't, I can't do that. I fucked up and I just don't even want to show my face. And that's just, it's just is what it is. And that's, <laughs> that's the choice I've made. And maybe it's wrong. I don't care. It doesn't feel wrong. Like, I don't want to go back there. For the longest time, I wanted to be there at that specific spot. And I got it. And I got to the point where I could be untouchable. And I could make a difference. And I can fucking make changes. And people respected me. And then I made some bad choices that made people not respect me to even the point of calling me a disappointment. And so I ran. And now I'll start over. And in the meantime, I'm just going to try to clear my mind, put one foot in front of the other. I've been crocheting since yesterday, like a busy little bee. I'm making my teenager a blanket to take away to college with her, but I haven't told her it's for her. It's super bright and rainbow and just fun. And she's been saying, Mom, I really want to take that blanket with me when I go to school. And I'm like, no fucking way, kid. This is mine. <laughs> totally fucking with her. So I know that there are good things coming. But I've left a path of destruction in my way. I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm vibing with Stitch more and more every day. Like, 626. I'm just fucking out of control. I destroy everything in my path. And I don't know why I do it. Why was I built this way? And how do I get through it? What do I fucking do? I mean, make better choices. Probably stop drinking as much as I've been drinking, right? Because whiskey is delicious, but sometimes it becomes a crutch. And it's not an everyday thing. But I will admittedly say... I did have a moment where I drank to the point of excess because I didn't want to fucking feel anymore. I didn't care about the consequences. I didn't give a fuck. A few days before that, I had gone in for a mammogram because I've been having some issues with one of my breasts. And after visiting my curly doctor a few days prior, she had recommended I go for, you know, a mammogram pretty much right away. The mammogram came back clear, everything was good, but they did find a few spots that they wanted to ultrasound. So that same day I had to go in this fucking room and have my fucking breast poked and prodded and, you know, <laughs> sounds like a great time, right? It's not. It's not. And they don't even have, like, fun pictures on the fucking ceiling for you to, like, look at or, like, 
something like technology is so much greater. Can't we have like a program for us to watch while we're sitting there fucking completely exposed, not knowing what the fuck they're taking pictures of, wondering why they're measuring every two seconds, what's going on. Fucking country music in the, in the background, literally talking about whiskey drinking and my girl's gone, leave me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like making me want to slit my fucking wrist. And then they leave the room to go get the doctor. And if they come back in without the doctor there, then you know you're fucking straight, right? But if the doctor accompanies them, you know that they're probably not bringing you, like, great news. It's probably not awful, but it's not going to be good. So he started in with his name. Don't fucking ask me because I couldn't tell you. I just saw his mouth moving. I didn't hear anything, really, in the moment other than benign and not benign. And cysts, I have lots of cysts in my breasts. All the ones on the left side are probably benign, but there are a few on the right side that they want to monitor in six months, so come back for another ultrasound. And at that point, we'll decide if we want to do a biopsy. So now, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck do you do with that? <laughs> you want to burn it all down. You want to fucking push away every good goddamn thing in your life. Because what if you are sick? What if you do get sick? It's not stopping me from smoking a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. (laughs) It's not stopping me from fucking drinking. I've been really good at not doing vodka, though. Vodka and tequila were getting me in trouble, but now... You know, other issues. So I haven't been in a great mindset since that day. In addition to that, my kids have been homesick every single day. My mom has been homesick every single day. I haven't had a time to fucking process jack shit about anything in life. So one would say, I'm I'm a little bit fucking crazy right now. (laughs) Plus, it's a full moon, you guys. Mars is in retrograde. (laughs) I haven't charged my crystals. I know there are things I need to do, and I have to just accept what happened and move forward. Accountability. And honesty. And just doing the right thing, which I didn't do, and now I have to deal with it. That's what adulting is. So I'm going to push through. I'm going to go get them. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe not today. My goal for today is to watch all the wash all the blankets and sheets and pillowcases and lace all the fuck out of this house because both my kids are finally gone after almost three weeks of everyone being sick. So, holla fucking Luya. My brain is fried and my emotions are intense and there's a lot that I still need to process. And this was just a jumping off point. Thank you guys for listening. Happy spring. <laughs>